A lyric sure comes alive when there's desperation behind it. Hi, I'm Ted Canova, and welcome back to my podcast, That One Lyric, which we all know is more than just a lyric. They're words that often shape our life. Well, we're all a bit desperate for Bruce to recover. His illness makes me even more grateful to having been up close in Foxborough for night two. And I wasn't just hearing the tour premiere of two songs. For this show, my son Brendan joined me, marking 15 years since taking him to his first Bruce and the E Street Band show. Picture us standing side by side for three hours and ending the night with my arm resting around his shoulders during See You In My Dreams. I'll see you in my dreams Up around the riverbed For death is not the end May the moment never end. Cause I'll see you in defining moment was part of our last episode, where Ian chose that one lyric from Springsteen's Long Time Coming. Those simple lyrics, now it's here, mean to me that I've arrived. I feel like I know what I'm here for, and I feel like I can take it on. So empowering to Ian and listeners like George, who wrote, Another great episode. Enjoyed Ian's story. Well, thank you, George. Your comment automatically enters you in our raffle to win the book Renegades, Born in the USA with Bruce and Barack Obama. Stay tuned to hear how you too can enter. Now on to this episode. Let's meet Michael, who chose that one lyric from a Springsteen song that celebrates summer filled with freedom and adventure, along with a desperate plea for love. Michael, great to meet you. Welcome to That One Lyric. How are you today? I'm very well. Very excited to be here with you today. I am too. You know, you sent me a picture of you performing with Clarence and Niels Lofgren. What in the world? I went to the very, very first rock and roll fantasy camp. If you've always wanted to be a rock star, and come on, really, who didn't? There may still be hope. I think it was 1996. It was held down at Miami Beach at the Eden Rock Hotel. There were about 10 rock stars and about 10 campers. So it was very, very small. Nils was there. Clarence was there. Mark Rivera was there. Mike Love of the Beach Boys. Mark Farner from Grand Funk Railroad. Lou Graham from Farner. It was my fantasy to be with these rock and roll stars. And we would wake up in the morning and have breakfast with them and then play with them all day and all night long go to bed, wake up, and do the same thing the next day. Oh, my gosh. What instrument did you play? Well, I had taken up guitar about three months before, and I was horrible. <laughs> three months, and you went to a fantasy camp. <laughs> and not only that, I would always be the first one to jump up on the stage. They'd say, anybody want to jump up on stage? I would jump up on stage. Every once in a while, Nils would turn back to me and yell what chord we were playing, because I had no idea. <laughs> what were you playing? You were just jamming or what? I think we were playing Ray Charles' Unchain My Heart, and Clarence was leading the band for that. Unchain my heart, unchain my heart, baby, let me be. Unchain my heart. The funniest part, he would turn to people and say, okay, take a solo. And at one point he turned to me and he said, take it. And I said, I can't. 
I have nowhere to take it. I can't do anything. <laughs> and Clarence was just such a sweet, sweet man. And every time I saw him after that, he always remembered me. So it was really very nice. You've got such history being a Springsteen fan. What was your first exposure to the music of Bruce Springsteen? Well, I was 18. It was 1974. I was going to Temple University in Philadelphia, and I would hang out a lot in the music room and listen to records in between classes. And I walk in, and my friend Mark is listening to an album. He said, oh, man, you got to listen to this. He put it on, and it literally was the song Sandy. And I was knocked off my feet because he was singing about me. He was singing about my life. He was singing about every summer down the Jersey Shore. Mark said, oh, by the way, he's playing tonight at the main point. Do you want to go? You picked a really good day to hang out in the music room. <laughs> exactly right. It was the very first song I ever heard. And the very first day I saw Bruce. And we went to the main point that night. Would you welcome Columbia recording artist? Bruce Springsteen. The main point only held about 100 people, and Bruce was sick. And he sat in a chair the whole night up until the encore. And he knocked my socks off. Last tomorrow I got stuck in New York too much. And these are some of the things that should have happened. I remember the first song he played was Wild Billy's Circus Song. Gary was out there with a tuba. He opened with that song? Yeah. And it became a really part of my life. There isn't a person in my life who, when they talk to me, if it's been 10 years and I haven't seen them, the first thing they'll say is, how's Bruce Springsteen? What is he doing? As if I might know. <laughs> so how many times have you seen Bruce in the band? I've seen him over 200 times. In the first two years, in 74 and 75, I literally saw him every other weekend. I saw him 50 times. That's called dating, Michael. <laughs> yeah. If you see this poster behind me, that's from 1974. I took that off of his hotel room door at the Holiday Inn at State College. As the bus was pulling out, he left it hanging on the door and went, well, nobody's going to take it, I will. All right, Michael, from what song did you choose that one lyric to talk about today? Well, it's really the song that changed my life, and that was Sandy. I was always, always into rock and roll. From five years old, watching Elvis Presley movies, I was addicted, I was hooked, but... It wasn't until I heard Sandy that I heard somebody sing a song about my life. That was my life. I spent every summer down the shore, spent every summer at Atlantic City, spent every summer on the boardwalk. I knew all the people in that song, you know, the switchblade lovers and the casino boys with their shirts open and the pinball. This was exactly my life. I have to ask you, you say you can relate to it. Who was that waitress in your life that she said she won't set herself on fire for you anymore? Oh, well, let's see. I was in love with this girl by the name of Nancy at 18. I think she broke up with me at least three or four times. Oh, boy. <laughs> there are so many lyrics in Sandy, but Michael, tell me, what is that one lyric you picked to talk about? from 4th of July, Asbury Park, Sandy. It was hard for me to pick a lyric, but I did. Love me tonight, and I promise I'll love you forever. Ooh, love me tonight. 
there's so much angst. He's down on his knees and he's making this outrageous romantic fantasy proposal of, you know, just one night and our whole lives will change. And here's this guy and he's begging for love. And I'm 18 and that's absolutely me because I had no experience with women hardly at all. He's the saddest guy and he's like, please, Sandy, I could so relate to somebody who's like, I'll do anything, please. And at the end, when he plays it live, you know, he says things like, how about it? Oh, I really mean it. That line at the end captures the adolescent romantic fantasy of, you know, there is the one and you're going to fall in love forever and you'll never feel any sadness for the rest of your life and you'll be holy. Now, look, I've been married for 38 years, so I did find the one, but it's certainly not the romantic fantasy of love me tonight and I'll love you forever. <laughs> In previous episodes, even episode one with my friend Jonathan, we talked about, does he close the deal? In this song, do you think he closes the deal? No, no, (laughs) no way, no way he closes the deal. He's a teenage schnook who's begging and it's not going to happen. This song is 50 years old right now, but I listened to it today and to me, there's a question mark. I'm hearing for the first time ever, he says, love me tonight. And I promise I'll love you forever. I think you're absolutely right. And I think he's trying to pull anything out to get him to love him tonight. I'll love you forever. Will that work? How about I'll take you for a ride in my pink Cadillac? Will that work? (laughs) Have you heard it with a question mark before? Because it's always been a declarative. I think what you're saying is absolutely right. If I've heard it before, it hasn't stuck like that. But I see exactly what you're saying. Michael, I've really enjoyed this. I've been smiling from the start and I'm still, my my face is hurting right now. (laughs) I'm smiling so much. Well, thank you so much for being part of that one lyric. We really had a sensational conversation. Thank you, Michael. Thanks. It's been such a pleasure to talk with you. Now the greases, are they tramp the streets or get busted for sleeping on the beach all night? Who knows? Maybe the character in Sandy does close the deal. After all, who can turn down a forever promise of love? Well, I promise we'll be giving away the book Renegades Born in the USA with Bruce and Barack Obama. Just leave a review on Apple Podcasts to automatically enter our raffle. And we're running low on our merch, so be sure to order one of our t-shirts or hats at thatonelyric.com. And wherever you're listening, click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And please keep sharing our podcast with your friends and fellow fans. Yes, some may roll their eyes that we can actually talk about one lyric. But who cares? We're not apologizing for our fandom. I'm glad you joined me, that you're part of our community, and that you enjoyed that one lyric. I'm Ted Canova. Remember, music makes it all better. Now get better, Bruce, and we'll see you next time. Oh,